Well, it's the year 2014, which means it's time for the 2013 Awesome Awards. Yay! On the Awesome Cast. Year 2014, not 13. The year 2014. 2013 already happened. And in fact, all the awesome casts in 2013, in fact, released in 2013. Suck it, Chainsaw Buffet. It's a miracle! It is. So, did we have like a bet with them or anything? No. Oh. It's more of a reoccurring joke at this point. Yeah, but it would have been nice if it had been a bet. And maybe now they had to, like, give us a back rub or something. I, I mean, they still might. I mean, awesome. I would not... That would be awesome. The real trick is convincing Dylan to give us a back rub. Because I'm pretty yes. sure that both John and Charlie would be just like, alright, let's do this. They'd be like, yeah, sure. Let's make magic happen. But, but Dylan would be like, well, I don't know. That sounds like human contact. Yeah, I'm with you, Dylan. Fuck human contact. Man, whatever. Human contact's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so yes, we are the Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome. And this time we'll be talking about our 2013 Awesome Awards, which aren't really any awards, mostly just to look back at the last year and talk about what we really liked last year. So I'm your host, Basil, and with me, as always... Douglas. Kevin. And that's us. You can, of course, find us on our website, awesomecast.com. I'm sure you knew that, but there it is. O-S-M-C-A-S-T. You can, of course, subscribe to us by plugging us into your uh, RSS feeder of choice. For some reason, our iTunes page is not there. I'm looking into that. I'm going to fix that. For some reason, I looked recently, we don't have an iTunes page anymore. And I don't know. Well... Don't, don't hurt yourself, Kevin. G- guys, Kevin's... He was so upset by it that he punched himself yeah. in the leg. I'm just really tired and trying to wake up. <laughs> wake up. G- get hyped, Kevin. Get hyped. We just watched the first episode of Space Dandy. If you're not hyped after that, I don't know what'll do it. Yeah, maybe we need to go watch Kill a Kill again. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but you need to, to, to suck it up. Get 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 your kevin Ossity at maximum Kevin's... And let's do this. Anyways, we're going to get an iTunes feed again. But chances are, if you already had us in iTunes, I think you'll still get us in iTunes. Because that's still where the majority of our downloads come from. Huh. iTunes. Somehow. Well, the RSS feed still exists. Oh. And really, all, you're, all they're doing is regurgitating the RSS feed in a more um, eye-friendly environment. So I assume that if you have it, you still have it. Anything really eye-friendly, even on Apple devices? I don't know. I use Android, so. But anyways, website, awesomecast.com. Email, awesomecast at gmail.com. Facebook, slash awesomecast. Twitter, at awesomecast. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at It's Basil Time. 
And you can find Kevin at twitless underscore Kevin. That might be me. <laughs> it is you. It's not even your profile. It's 100% not me or Basil. That's right. 100% not us. Totally you. Totally unexpected. Anime, science fiction, comedy. Cats. Whatever you need, it's there, just like the anime channel. As true as anything the doctor ever tells you. So, here we are. It's a new year. It's a new podcast. Only the same pod. Well, it's a new episode of the same podcast. Yeah. That's it. That's a way to spin totally it. Totally a new podcast. Hey, we're almost into double digits releasing in a row. We, we, we are hitting new, new strides here on the Awesome Cast. Totally nice. new podcast with the exact same uh, personalities and staff and um, name. But totally new. <laughs> totally unexpected. Oh, I used that joke already. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. So then let's move on in to the moments of awesome. Oh, this is going to be a little hard. It's a moment of awesome. See, Kevin, you still got it. That was hard to pull up, but I did it. Speaking of things. I knew you had it in you. Speaking of things got, it we just got through Christmas, so yay Christmas, that happened. Yay! And we did get some cool things for Christmas. Sadly, not a new season of Inferno Cop, but that's okay. The first season of Inferno Cop, you know, like two Christmas and then the other Christmas ago was, was plenty. But we'll take it, but we'll take more Inferno Cop. There's a saying Studio Trigger, we'll, we'll take it. Anyways, I've got a Pebble Watch. That's crazy. I was not expecting this Pebble Watch, but it's totally, really, really neat. Something that I'm really enjoying having, although I never would have bought for myself. What is a Pebble Watch, Basil? It is a smartwatch. It's actually really funny. At work, where I work, where one might sell games or stop by to purchase games, people that keep going, like, is that one of them smartwatches? And I'm like, yes. Can't you talk to your phone into it like, like Dick Tracy? No. That, that, that's the other one. That's the one that's always on TV. That's that's the galaxy. <laughs> this one's way better because I don't have to talk to people. I don't have to talk to it in my. It doesn't 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 need to do that. What it is is that it uh, the big thing is that a it uses an eating screen, and it also does sync to any Android, most any Android or um, iOS you know phone type device. Whereas the Galaxy Gears, you have to have select Samsung phones. Right. The other big thing is that it uses an e-ink screen, which means they don't know it's not in color, but that means it lasts a week instead of, like, a day. That's really important as a phone. Yes. And what it pretty much does for me is that I get notifications. Someone sends me an email, it pops up on my phone. If someone sends me a text, it pops up on my phone. Someone sends me a Facebook message, it pops up on my phone. Doesn't do any Twitter stuff yet that I can figure out, but everything else tends to pop on my phone. Which is nice because that means that I can glance at my phone and someone texts me and if I need to go back, I can pull up my phone and reply to them. Or it's something like, oh, that's cool. I click a button, it goes away, and I'm good to go. Mm. The other important thing that it does, at least for me, is that it also controls my music on my phone. Because I use my phone as my primary music source when I'm in my car. So now, for example, we're on a road trip to a con and suddenly we get that Chihafuru track where it's a bunch of the girls from the show talking for like 10 minutes. And my GPS is running. I don't have to try to fumble out of my GPS, change the music track, to try to fumble back into my GPS, ah. lose my address, have to stop by the side of the road, re-input everything, and then get back on the road. No, no. Now I just have to hit a button. 
Yeah. And it skips the track. Uh, yeah, that's an improvement. And I can, when people send me messages at cons, my wrist vibrates and I'll actually notice it. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> the number of times that we've been at a con and we've got them separated simply because Basil couldn't feel his phone vibrating because it was in a bag or somewhere. Like now, now it's no longer an issue. And so for a con stuff, that's great. Another other great con thing I got was actually from Doug and Barry, which is a new super durable portable hard drive yeah. that I can put on my panels and, and toss it around and not worry about getting messed up because I could we could throw a throw a truck at it and it'll be okay. Yes. Not not a tank, but we can do a truck. That's right. It is tested for like a pickup truck. It is not tested so much for like a tank. Or a giant robot, but so I'm hoping they'll work on that. I'm hoping. Yeah, that's when you actually need to get covered. Yeah. I, I, I know. Like, it totally like, is. You never know when a giant robot's going to step on your stuff, Basil. I'm pretty sure Sam Donaldson offers robot insurance. You should look into that. I, I should. He's, you know... <laughs> robots eat old people's food. Or medicine. People's medicine. They eat For old food. people's medicine. <laughs> For food. For food. So get that robot insurance, people. Especially if you're old. Because uh... robots have claws. The claws are strong. Yes. So, Doug, what did you get? Okay. I got something that I did not know existed. But once I received it, I suddenly realized how much I desperately needed this. And now I have it, so my life is very full and complete. Uh, let's see. And that was... It's called a Buddha board. It's basically a board. Mine is black and white. I understand from the literature that came with it that they have some other colors. But it's basically white and whatever the other color is. The white, uh... And so what, what you do, uh, for purposes, is you draw on it with just water. And it makes it look like you've drawn something in ink. And it makes it look like it's drawn something in ink, but then as the water evaporates, both, both into the air and evaporating, sinking into the stone behind it, it slowly fades away. It follows one of the Zen properties of living in the living in the moment. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, it follows the Zen properties of living in the moment. Uh, it definitely has a strong connotation of nothing we do is ever permanent. Permanent. All so is, all is transient. Yeah, all is transient. Uh, it actually really has helped me get a little bit more confident with my brush strokes. Because, you know, there's no point in sitting there doing anything delicately because it'll just go away if yeah. I don't if I do not do it fast enough. So everything's got to be done in, like, these really decisive, bold strokes, um, which is something that I've been needing to get back in the habit of. <laughs> in addition to just, it's just really fun. Just like, so however you feel, like, whatever little doodle you just want to do for, like, right then, you just do it real quick. Somebody may catch you, may, may catch it before it dries away or not. Like the Year of Awesome you may have seen in our Twitter feeds. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I did, I did during a... We, we celebrated New Year's in an awesome fashion where we were playing a Mario 3D World up until the ball drop. Yep. Which was a lot of fun. And so on Buddha board, I decided that 2014 is with the Year of Awesome. Because, by God, we need an awesome year. Oh, I need an awesome year so bad. Hey, we got a new Musushi announced. Yes. That, that already is a, an awesome... Thing that has happened in the year of awesome, and it's happening in April. I consider it to be Japan's birthday gift to me. Uh, I, I believe it is. Uh, and also, not really a moment of awesome. 
Well, it's sort of a moment of awesome, but it's tied into the moment of hate. <laughs> you may hear a strange buzzing in this awesome cast. I don't know if uh, Anna, our audio... Our lovely audio producer. Yes, if our audio producer, Anna, is going to be able to get that light humming noise out of the track, but it's here, it's recording. We're not unplugging it because I'm very scared of it breaking again, but Sears finally replaced our freezer. Finally! We had to go into the store, and a very nice gentleman in the store spent hours on the phone with his own customer support, with his own, like, tech support people, getting it fixed for us. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. I'm glad that... Like, Sears has some really great people working for them. It's just, I'm, I'm pretty certain that the company as a whole is terrible. Terrible. But we're not here for terrible things. We're here for awesome things. Yes. So, Kevin, what else is awesome? Um, Space Dandy's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, Space Dandy is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. We actually, we are recording this right after the U.S. Toonami premiere Space Dandy. You know, I actually did have a cynical thought. I'm going to be real curious to see all the people who dislike Space Dandy. Because I liked it pretty well. My thing is that, like, I don't know how much I'm going to like it tomorrow. I really liked watching it. I got really pumped up watching it. I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow and still like it. I may wake up tomorrow and absolutely love it and want more. I just... It's one of those things of I don't know if the Austin is going to stay within me. Uh, I think it is because the writing was really witty. Yeah. Because he's a dandy in space. Or he's a dandy in the space, if you prefer the Japanese version. <laughs> you know, I, I think Kevin tweeted earlier that it, it felt it did feel very Douglas Adams. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just while watching the show, in one of the more ridiculous moments, it just I I said, "Is the ghost of Douglas Adams writing this anime?" Because it really felt like that. It's like the just a touch of real sci-fi with a lot of humor about it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's totally a space cat. He's totally a space cat. <laughs> well, or I, the two warring space fleets deciding the fate of the universe. And oh yeah, they're not important. Let's go back to these guys. You know. <laughs> well, I, I really didn't notice it the very first where they mention. And, like, these aliens, and these aliens, and these aliens, and, and, and these aliens. All these aliens. All, a, lot a lot of, of these aliens. aliens. <laughs> a whole lot. There's some more. You know, it's like, like... We're not kidding. There's a lot of aliens. I, I, I didn't... I, I really didn't hear the Japanese dub. Yeah. But the English dub wasn't too bad. I, really, I actually ended up really liking the narrator. Yeah. And I really like Ian Sinclair as Dandy. Oh, yeah. The Space Dandy himself was absolutely great. You know, just like, you know, nailed it, got it, you know, it was like, he was, he, he was good. And so it's got a lot of energy and just the whole second half where suddenly the animators got to go rip. Oh, it was so colorful and wonderful. So it seems like they're having a lot of fun making this show. Yeah. And I'm glad that Dandy has his priorities in order. (laughs) Yes. I I was very happy to hear that. So I I definitely think we can recommend uh, Space Dandy. Uh, pretty well. Yeah. I think that's an easy recommendation to make. And if we suddenly decide it's, it shits the bed, we'll let you know. Yes. But right now, I think it's pretty a pretty good moment of awesome. Three to four boobies out of five on the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, I, I, 
I can again sort of that sort of Douglas Adams like. Anyway, so what we're going to be doing is the two thousand the first half of our two thousand and thirteen awesome awards. Our five general Yay. categories are going to be video games, TV shows, movies, anime, and manga. For this half, we're going to talk about video games, TV shows, and movies, and then we'll come back to you next time with our anime and the mangas. So, without further ado, we're going to take a musical break, and we'll come back with talking about some video games. So, 2013, the year of the 3DS, I'm, I'm going to call it. Yeah, I have to agree. 2013 was the year of the 3DS. It, it really took off, yeah. Yeah, between Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, the 3DS won, <laughs> for some reason. The 3DS has been winning all year. Yeah, that's true. Like, more, I, think, I believe, more months than not, the 3DS was the best-selling console Probably. Over the course of this year. Probably. If you're not including smartphones. When I'm not. I'm and not, I'm not. But, yeah. Okay. That's not a console. That's a phone. That's a phone. It should be used as a phone. Not that many people do. But. <laughs> but I, I, I really feel that, you know, people have wondered, you know, could the 3DS, could Nintendo compete with goofy, dumb, little fun smartphone games on your phones? And the answer is Yes. It totally could. In my opinion, the reason that it could, the reason that it could succeed, was mainly because of the Street Pass feature. Street Pass is a lot of fun. It is and is unique to 3DS. Well, especially if you get the extended games, there suddenly becomes a lot of incentive to carry your DS around with you. In hopes of passing some random Yahoo also yeah. have a 3DS. Mind you, if you work at a video game store or... Oh, a place that sells 3DSs like a Walmart. That helps a little bit. <laughs> well, the Nintendo also did the whole thing where all their AT&T partnerships mm. for Nintendo Zones, like at Best Buy's and McDonald's and Starbucks, they now also feature these, like, you know, these relays. Yeah. Where you can take your 3DS, it runs the relay through at the Starbucks, leaves your street pass, and you get to pick up everybody else who left their street passes there. I have to admit... Uh, the nearest, uh, let's see, the nearest, uh, the nearest street pass zone like that, Mm -hmm. or Nintendo zone like that near my house is a McDonald's, and I don't particularly want to eat at McDonald's that much, but I do sometimes, on my way somewhere else, just take a quick loop through the McDonald's parking lot (laughs) in order to get the street passes before (laughs) I move on to somewhere else. And I'm sure I'm not the only person doing that. Now, admittedly, I now will go to Starbucks more often than I used to, just so I can get on some of that extra street pass in action. So, obviously, the street passes, what we're saying is that it does have a pretty rewarding little experience that makes you want to do this kind of stuff. But, dadgum, the 3DS had some of the best games this year. Yeah. Yeah, It started off with things like Fire Emblem Awakening. Which was a super fun Fire Emblem game. Oh, yeah. Fire Emblem Awakening. That was really good. You know, the best 
relationship simulator ever. <laughs> I disagree because unlike previous generations of Fire Emblems, you can't hook up same gendered characters anymore. Well, that's true. But there's Aww. a very good story reason why. Yes, there is. It's a little spoilery, but there is. Well, maybe not a great reason, but a good logic, game logic anyways. I've actually missed a bunch of the games that came out this year uh, up until up until Pokemon came out just because... My head was just not in that game. I would point out, though, you're you're wrong, because you had one other game before that. That's actually the game where the 3DS really exploded, which was Animal Crossing. You are right. I did. I've got to go against popular opinion because I've never liked the Animal Crossing games. <laughs> well, that's okay. Animal Crossing is an amazing diversion. Yeah, that's what Animal Crossing is. It is an amazing. Diversion and it's really fun for a little bit. Yes, I, sometimes I just get like a need in my bones to play Animal Crossing, and then it'll be very intense for like a month, and then it'll go away. I think I have a an urge to play Super Robot Wars games in the same place, so yeah. it's that tends to be where I go for <laughs> things like that. But the 3DS also had other fun games like Luigi's uh, Mansion, Dark Moon. Yeah. They they took the whole concept of Luigi's Mansion and really blew it up into a much fuller game experience. It was a lot of fun. They moved a Donkey Kong over from the Wii game. They poured it to the 3DS. Pretty much intact. Uh, what else did they do? Pokemon. We did a whole Pokemon. episode on Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon was great fun. It's actually one of my favorite games I've played this year. I'm still playing. I'm actually doing this really weird balance act right now where I'm playing... A little bit of Pokemon here. Then I'll go play some Tales of Zillia here. Then I'll go play some Ease, uh, Memories of Celestia, here. I'm, I'm, I'm juggling three games right now. Yeah. yeah. Just because I'll get this urge. I'm like, well, I want to go fight some Pokemon battles. Or I want to go swing a sword. I most recently finished Zelda A Link Between Worlds. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, like, I. My only fault with this game is that. I ate it in the course of, like, I think four days. Like, from the time I purchased it to the time I finished it, I think it was grand total about four days. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, this was also during Christmas. And so I had a lot of downtime, mm-hmm. you know, in the car driving to this place, in the car driving to that place, as people are passing out after having eaten large dinners. You know, I had a lot of downtime to power through it. But I was totally able to power through that game in less than a week. But it was so good. Like, it, it left me wanting more, which was, in this respect, a good thing. Well, I, I think the game was around 12 hours for me, yeah. give or take. Which is about the average length for most Super Nintendo games. Yeah. About 10 to 20 hours, somewhere in there, is where most of your Super Nintendo games, unless they're like RPGs... And then those would balloon up to, like, 30 hours just for a single playthrough. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that we kind of forget that sort of our memories of playing the older style games, they felt so much longer because it wasn't just a playthrough once. It was playthrough over and over and over and over again. And I feel nowadays we're much more of a play it and then we're done. Yeah. Mentality for most games. Like, some games... You know, I'll go back and play through again and again. But a lot of times, it's kind of like I've played it, yeah, and I've got a good time out of it. Now, what's the next thing? Yeah. Whereas yeah. as a kid, I would constantly, you know, 
play games over and over well, again. I still take I still tend to play through Fantasy Star Four once or twice a year, whether I need to or not. <laughs> well, let's see. I know I can safely say, not uh, decently safely say, that the latest Ace Attorney game, uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney's Phoenix Wright, Dual Destinies, is probably my favorite game to come out this year. Mm. And there was, and I realized this when I was thinking about, you know, when we're doing the Awesome Awards, I probably should pick one game. And there's other games I want to talk about, but the, the, the one game. And I thought, well, I really enjoyed playing it the whole way through. But... And there are several games I've done that with. Yeah. Um, Pokemon, I'm still enjoying all the way through. You know, Phoenix Wright, I enjoyed all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tomb Raider is an amazing game. The uh, the latest Tomb Raider is a super fun. I also yeah. really liked what they did with Laura. Especially since most, the last several Warhand weren't all that great. Th- this one is, they took all the lessons from Tomb Raider, I feel Tomb Raider, and especially Uncharted. And they sort of blew it up a little bit more. Where everything is... You're still on a kind of a set path. Yeah. But the set path is a much wider path. Than well, it's more like your dump large areas. There's kind of a dotted line from area to area. But the areas themselves are pretty huge and varied. And have lots of little nooks and crannies to explore. And it's really easy, I discovered. I was in one area. I thought I saw a new area went to it through and realized I had just went to my previous area that I played through like a couple hours ago. But this island was built in such a way that I could actually go from point A to point B and those actually just there was it all fit together. Yeah. And that was really surprising. I was not expecting that. I'm seriously considering getting the PS4 graphically upgraded version because I haven't had the PC experience. I I well, admittedly I have. Um, I played originally on 360, and then I bought it on PC off a of Steam sale for cheap. Because I just wasn't going to enjoy playing my 360 anymore. And, oh my god, the graphics on the PC version. I, I feel it's kind of bonkers that they're charging 60 bucks to pay to, for it all over again. That's the only thing that's really making me hesitate. I, I really think it should be more of a $40 game. Yeah. But it is a, it is amazing with the prettier graphics. Um... Well, uh, let's see. Some more games that I kind of want to talk about. Um, one, Rain, uh, Robot Unicorn Attack 2. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that game. I surpri- I got really good at that game. I'm not going to say how good at that game. I'm just going to say I got so good that at one point I suddenly started to be embarrassed about how good <laughs> I was. You know, when you're sitting down and you're playing a single run of... A single run for a long time. Multiple episodes of something come across the TV and you're still on the same run. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of fun and there's a little bit of pride when you get up to that point. But then there's a little bit of embarrassment. Realizing just how much time that means you have sunk into playing something yeah. like Robot Unicorn Attack 2. Well, fave the world ever depends on Robot Unicorn Attack. I know who I'm coming to. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, that is the I think the one phone game that actually caught me this time, where I played it enough to get all the upgrades, and then I was kind of done. Yeah, I got all the upgrades, and then I was good to go. Another one I had forgotten about was the new Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yes, that was quite good. That was quite good, I think. And a lot of people really, really like it over three, which I can see. 
three felt very much to me like a trial run. Much like Assassin's Creed 1 was a trial run that they could use then to really blow it up and really make something special with Assassin's Creed 2, I feel we had that same sort of jump from 3 to 4. And so I really, it was a lot of fun. It was fun being a pirate. It was fun getting on the open seas and hearing she shanties and plundering and looting ships and being, ah, being a pirate. And the usual Assassin's Creed secretly teaching you way more than you know. <laughs> and then eventually going like, you thought this was, it starts off, you're like, okay, well, this is kind of not Assassin's Creed. It's more way of a piratey. But as it goes on, you realize, oh, no, no, this is an Assassin's Creed game, guys. The craziness, the crazy uh, alternate mm. storyline is still in full effect. Thank you for that, Ubisoft. That's what I'm there for. I want more crackpot, insano plot storyline yeah. things. <laughs> um, I do kind of want to throw a little shout out, and I don't even know where exactly to find this other than Googling it, but uh, the people who are working on an English language patch for Valkyria Chronicles 3 put it out just before the end of the year. Um, it doesn't translate everything, but the story of the game and the menus are all translated. And they're still working on the little finer bits like the DLC content and the uh, uh, various little bits of flavor text for certain like newspaper clippings and such. But Well, that's good. And that's the game I'm still kind of pissed never came out legitimately in the U.S. Because um, it's tentatively, because I haven't finished it, it's probably the best Valkyria Chronicles game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, in the end, the moment that really caught me Phoenix Wright, and that's why it's my favorite game this year, was I was sitting in my car, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll play a little bit before going inside the house. And I was on, I was on the uh, fourth or fifth, I think it was the fifth case. And I'm playing it, and I'm kind of wondering myself, I really wonder who the main villain is. We haven't really gotten to that point yet. What, what what who is this who is this person who's really pulling all these strings that has sort of tied this entire thing all together and right before the moment they start to ink you put you in I figured it out it, it hit me right at the moment it really should hit me it did and they see oh god oh 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 god is that what you did game is that what you did? And, and, and it was, and suddenly this ominous music comes in, and they're starting to figure it out, and I'm like, oh, oh shit. That is what the game did. Oh shit! And it is the most euphoric, mind-blowing moment I've had playing video games all year. And, and I, I just can't help but not give Phoenix Wright my game of the year just for that. Like, if I had to put single any single moment of this entire year playing video games... That one moment did it. You know, Phoenix Wright, it's, it, it's, it's so back. And I, I'm, so, I'm so glad it, it is. Especially since they announced they're already working on a sequel. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. I, I do like my Phoenix Wright games, and I've not finished the current one. So, <laughs> so are there any, like, standout video game moments? Mm, well, and I know I said I wanted to say this earlier. I, nobody's mentioned The Last of Us, which is... Oh, well, I think out of three of us, you're actually the only one who's played it. Am so. I the only one who's played yeah. it? Oh, yes. yeah. Really? You're not? I have not. Okay. okay. I had... Because I wanted to afford a PS4 mm-hmm. this year, I gave up several games because I couldn't afford it. 
Oh. I, I gave up Last of Us. I gave up Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Uh, I gave up GTA V and a few other games. Oh, maybe that's why I'm the only one who mentioned it then. Um, yeah. That was actually... Wow, Last of Us was actually a, was a really good game. I mean, I know like everybody and their brother is saying it was a really good game. Like every reviewer, every like everyone's going there, oh, this was awesome. It kind of is. <laughs> it, it just about lives up to its own hype. Um, well, well, tell us about it, Kevin. It's a game. It's good. No, um, seriously though, I mean it's a it's kind of I mean it's a post-apocalyptic. It's sort of a zombie apocalypse. Um, technically, it's a fungal parasite, not really zombie zombies. Um, if anyone's familiar with the cordyceps, para- the cordyceps fungus, it's technically really based on a real-world fungus that infects ants and literally takes over their body and makes them crawl up to where they'll get eaten by birds to spread the spores. So more ants will find it, crawl up and be eaten by birds. Uh, and it's uh, it basically, at some point in the backstory, it evolved or something similar to it, infected humans. So it makes us crawl up to the top of things so we'll be eaten by birds? No, but it does kind of turn us into crazy zombies that try to bite people and spread the fungus. Ah. Um, And it's pretty much fatal. And it seems like apparently about a couple days at most. But you're not dead. Like, you're alive. It's just, it's making you, it's taking over your body, and if the the longer the little cordyceps zombies are alive, they get more and more silent hilly as they grow out weird fungal growths. Mm. Um, but in this world, you play Joel, this uh, embittered action survivor guy who kind of gets conned unwillingly into escorting a girl that basically turns into increasingly longer, you gotta take her here, oh no, you gotta take her here, where initially very, of course, he's very reluctant to keep doing this, but as the adventure goes on, they get they get to know each other, they bond, they kind of get a surrogate father-daughter thing going. And it really tells a really good human story between these two characters. That's actually the whole selling point of the game. Just like the characterization and storytelling and the relationship between the the older gruff guy, the young teenage girl, and their adventures... And they're getting a DLC here soon that's mostly all the little girl content. Um, like, having your own event. Like, you can apparently control her the whole time. In the real game, there's a section of the game where you control her, and it is probably the best section of the game. Uh, she's simultaneously... And they do play differently. Uh, she's simultaneously more fragile and actually in some ways more killy because she has a knife that doesn't break. <laughs> I, I do have to admit, I found this here was a little surreal when I realized that both Bioshock Infinite and The Last of Us, both leads are Troy Baker. This was also the year of Troy Baker. Yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and in Last of Us, it has Nolan North in an unexpected, very villainous role. <laughs> well, and we also can't forget Saints Row 4. Yeah, Saints Row 4 was actually really awesome. Where Troy Baker was one of the voices, uh, as well as Nolan North as the Nolan North voice. Nolan North as Nolan North. That's fantastic. I wish I could say I've actually played through with Nolan North's voice, but he apparently is very self-referential. I mostly play... Well, I play a female, and I play female voice one, which is... Is not really, but sounds a lot like female Commander Shepard. 
Is it Jennifer Hale? I'm not sure. I think I looked at it and it wasn't. Okay. Well, that's cool. Although it does have Keith David as Keith David. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Well, I really want to get in here. Also, this is... I didn't have... There's no particular moment in this game because this game is not conducive to particular moments. But that game is Minecraft. And if we're giving the Awesome Awards to any game... Uh, I give my my uh, awesome award to Tales of Vesperia, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I give mine to Fantasy Star Four. <laughs> but if I yes, <laughs> I told you, I checked. No one re-released it this year in any way, shape, or form. I looked. I looked hard. <laughs> but despite the fact that I give the awesome award to Tales of Vesperia, I still would like an honorable mention for Minecraft, uh, which I think was. Relate, uh, it was released on, like, the Xbox this year? No, it was, it was actually last year. Ah, that it did well. get relate? Wait, that might have been the beginning of this year. Uh, it did get put out on PS3 just recently, but I think it was the beginning of this year, not last year. Well, I've seen stuff for Minecraft for a long, it, long time. It's okay. You played Minecraft this you year. You played We're Minecraft, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Minecraft around for a long, long yeah. time. I've looked into the history just a little bit, so I know... Because I've known several people who played Minecraft. Uh, like, for it's my understanding that for a long time it was something that was free to play on the computer because it was in all kinds of, like, alpha testing and beta testing. Uh, but now it's a released game that is continuing to have updates put out. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I honestly don't understand it, but I've never tried to play it, so... Well, I suggest you try to play it. Uh, Basil put it in a description for it that I kind of like. I think he meant this derogatorily, but I took it positively. Which is, it's roughly the video game equivalent of going outside. Well, no, no, no. It's the it's the playing with Legos and going outside. Yes, it is the combination of the two. Uh, the thing I love most about the game is getting to just build stuff like that's very much kind of the lego-y aspect of it where you get the blocks and you put them together in the way you want to build stuff i've built i've built a giant labyrinth maze um i've built a floating castle i've built a tower that goes all the way to the bottom of the world and all the way up to the top of the world i well for the pc version i understand there's a server somewhere where they're trying to replicate the entire Game of Thrones map. Yes. There <laughs> are many crazy things like there that. There are many servers. Pretty much if you have a fandom, you can find a server where people are trying to replicate whatever it is that you have a fandom for. In Minecraft. Yes. Um two of my friends were showing me their server and I got to play on it briefly where they're not really trying to replicate anything, but just they have all these, you know, incredible things and I think that is part of the Part of the, one way to play the game is to simply endeavor to build more and more awesome stuff, gather the resources to build more awesome things, so you can gather more resources, so you can build more awesome things. Uh, but it's a whole lot of fun, and like it's a whole lot of fun for a game that doesn't have a real goal or plot. It's just a lot of little creative fun that you can do, and there's also a lot of fun in just um, exploring the world. Because the worlds are theoretically... uh, On the PC version, the worlds are theoretically endless. I don't know what they are on the Xbox or PlayStation. Mm. Um, On the... On the mobile version, on the the iPad and... On the iPad and on the Android, they're sadly limited worlds, but 
it's still real fun to kind of just generate a new world and go explore it for a little while before going back to your normal world. <laughs> and I just realized while you were talking, another game we haven't yet mentioned yet is Metal Gear Rising. And there's no way I can't mention a Metal Gear game. Metal Gear. So it came out this year. It did, didn't it? It, it did. It was, it was early this year. Yeah. It was like Tomb Raider. It was fairly early this yeah, year. Yeah, it's um, the weird, unholy hybrid of Metal Gear and Platinum Games. Yes. But I really, but like all good unholy combinations, it's a good one. You know, it came out better for it. It was a real Platinum Games, Platinum Games game. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, which means, you know, you haven't played it, so you play it on hard mode. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's very technically um, demanding. Yes. Well, you're playing as Raiden, the nin- you know, the, the quote-unquote wussy guy, I liked him, whatever, from Metal Gear 2. In Metal Gear 4, he became this cybernetic ninja badass. And this tech game takes place four years after that, where he's even more of a cybernetic ninja badass. So it's way more action-y than, oh, say, your Solid Snake Metal Gears. Is he more machine than man? Yes. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, he's mostly machine, honestly. Some some of his parts look pretty man-like, but that's just because they're cosmetically made. So he, he he's a, he's much machine and man, much like the major is machine and man in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little rougher around the edges. Obviously a cyborg, but but you go through and you're slicing through bad guys. Other you know other enemy cyborgs because there's a military conspiracy plot that you're going through. The occasional helicopter, giant robots, whatever needs slicing. Uh, I mean, you take down a, a Metal Gear like, Ray? Yeah. Like in the very first In the first stage, you take down a Ray, which is... And they make it really awesome when you do so. And that's just the start. That's the tip of the iceberg of things you cut to ribbons. You get one of the awesomest robot dogs around. One of. Like, he was He was a pretty... pretty. I think he, I think he wins the award for best dog this year. Yeah, better than that Call of Duty ghost dog. That's for sure. Like that, He definitely is the best best dog. He was... It was great. You could also have crazy, stupid, long codex conversations if you yes. wanted to. Oh yeah, just like it's a Metal Gear game. It's yeah. a Metal Gear game. <laughs> uh, but the ending is so platinum. Yeah, that it's it sort of spins all the Metal Gear stuff on its head. But you still get the same thing where you're this killing machine, and then you realize that oh man, I'm a killing machine. Is that is that right? Oh, hold on, I'm gonna do the sweet kick flip, pledge <laughs> my you know my you know pledge this guy that's ripped out rip out his spinal cord and then tap it like it's a Mountain Dew. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is definitely that was a lot of fun. And speaking of mayhem, since it, we technically played it last year, Super Mario 3D World, where we <laughs> were a symphony of destruction. <laughs> that game went through. That game was a clusterfuck. <laughs> like it was four crazy. Player. Yeah, four player with that game. I don't even know how many times I threw someone without even intending to touch them. But it was fun. Yeah, the entire time we were having a blast. Yeah, the levels are all very short and sweet. Like they're not—they're not too long. They're just long enough to be a little bit challenging, but they're not so long. That you're like, oh gosh, we gotta get through this level because it's hard enough just keeping track of which person are you. Poor colorblind Barry couldn't tell the difference between Mario and Luigi. And <laughs> we let him play Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> And then, oh boy, you get all four players with fire flowers, and suddenly it's flaming death everywhere. 
Or all in cat suits, and God knows what's happening oh, then. when Nintendo goes with a cat, well, not a cat theme, but when Nintendo goes with an animal theme, they go with an animal theme, and this theme was cat suits. And, meow. They meow. They meow. At the end of the stage, if someone's in a cat suit, they meow. Like every time you hear, like yoo-hoo, meow. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh! I was the first time I loved it. The second time I thought it was pretty funny. The third time I was shaking for some reason. <laughs> Fourth time I understood that it was in rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on that tenth time you were laughing again. Yeah, it came yeah. back around. Yeah. Came back around. It comes around. <laughs> it circles. Uh, although it is a case of it's a Mario game, so when you're playing it by yourself. Actually, it is. When you're actually looking for all the secret stuff, it's actually a little bit more, you know, yeah, of a Mario game. So it, it does strike this really nice balance of it makes it a really great group game where you're just having fun and watching all the crazy stuff happen, but you're having fun playing it too. Trying to synchronize, swim that dino and jump it through the hoops. That I love was, that, that part. That was, that was fun. And I hear that we haven't even seen anything yet. Really? <laughs> Apparently it gets even crazier as we, as you play through the game. Oh. But that, that was allows a lot of fun. That was... A, that was and I, and oh, there's so many games I have yet to play. Like I said, I mentioned I'm still playing through Tales of Zillia. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I was really happy to find out I was able to plug in my DualShock 4 via USB to my PS3. And I had to turn the PS3 on and off manually, but I could control the game completely using the PS4 controller. Ah. Nice. Which is so much better than playing with a PS3 controller. Oh my god. Like, if I had to do a second a second awesome award, PS4, Dosa 4, best controller. That seems so weird, because that is overwhelmingly the thing I hear about the PlayStation 4, is about its controller, which... That's never really been a big focus of a game yeah. system for oh, and I, I did ask a guy who bought had bought an Xbox One what he thought about the controller. And it's, I don't know, it's okay. So, apparently not that great. Because oh. he didn't notice how awesome the controller was right away. So, it's not as good as the PS4. The bumpers aren't. I don't like the bumpers. The mm-hmm. bumpers are really squishy. They're not. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I like... And I, I think the trick is we've played a lot of Nintendo controllers. Mm-hmm. And by and large, Nintendo makes some of the best controllers. Whereas Sony's controllers have all been very serviceable. Yeah. This is the first time I really felt Sony went out of the way to make a good controller. Because for the longest time, they haven't really changed much from the model of the very first DualShock 1. True. And even the DualShock 1 was just a slightly modified version of the original controller where they added a couple analog sticks. Mm Mm-hmm. Where they could put them. Whereas the DualShock 4, they really thought everything through. Suddenly the handles are nice and curved. The triggers are actual triggers. You know, the buttons feel good. The analog sticks are, are better sit, you're better tightened. It's just a really, really good controller. And, it, and they really, it was obviously, I feel it's the first time I feel that they put into as much thought into the controller as Nintendo did. Okay. And supposedly Microsoft did, and they spent a lot of money on the Xbox One controller. But I didn't like it as much as the 360 controller, except for the D-pad. But even Z-Pad, I feel it's not as good as the PS4s or the Wii U's, so. Wonderful 101. So. Sweet monkey Jesus. How did I forget that? What I, is that? 
It's a Wii U game. It's you, why I bought the Wii U. You said Wonderful 101, and I didn't even know what you were talking about. Well, it's another Platinum Games game. Um, <laughs> which is the unholy bastard offspring of Pikmin and Okami with superheroes. Huh. As you lead a group of possibly up to 101, well, 100 really, superheroes. Because the one is you. Yeah. And they're like tiny little guys on the screen, and you pick up civilians who put on little masks and join your group as you save them, so you eventually grow into this big mass of people. What was that game that ended with A Hero Is You? <laughs> was that the original Final Fantasy? No. It was one of those, I don't even know, I could probably find out, but I don't know. It was one of those Nintendo old school excuse plot. No, doesn't explain why you're here. At the end, it doesn't explain what you did because it's just a winner is you. And yeah, <laughs> but but wonderful one hundred and one was great um, because you drew little shapes on the touch screen, and that your little people would do things like oh. form into a giant sword or a hammer or a claw or a hand, and it had a, that kind of over the top platinum games craziness like Bayonetta or Metal Gear Rising or just a weird like you thought the weirdest shit possible was happening in the first stage and then they upped themselves and as you gather increasingly more characters as you go through the game and you fight the evil organization and their robots and spaceships and giant monsters and it's very Japanese hero-y which yeah. appeals to me personally and it's totally why I bought the Wii U and for Earthbound. Uh, oh, yeah. Best new release, Earthbound. Yeah. Re-release of an old game is Earthbound, because it, it's out. You can buy it. It's You can do that. It's amazing. And one day, Bayonetta 2 will come out for Wii U. And maybe that Monolith Soft X game that I hope is a Xenoblade sequel, or at least a spiritual one. And I hope comes in the U.S. And, and just so we're clear, a winner you does come from the 1986 NES game, Pro wrestling. Ah. ah. Okay. That... So don't worry. I checked Wikipedia, so you didn't have to. Thank there you. There we go. Well, um. So, so my kind of impressions of, my kind of impression of, like, what happened with gaming, well, video gaming in 2013, more or less bounds to this. I came into 2013 loving the Xbox. That got smashed, like, deliriously hard. Uh, with all the things that they proposed for the Xbox One, and even though they retracted all that, it still didn't change my overwhelming dislike for the idea of having, like, a Kinect in my house and not really having much of a choice about it. Even though they still retracted on that, I still just never... But we know you wanted to do it, Microsoft. You know we still want to do it in your heart. And maybe Sony does too, but they're at least pretending they're not and didn't say it out loud. Well, and also, like... <laughs> And also, uh, there have been consistently less and less games that I'm interested on in on the 360. Yeah, Japan has pretty much abandoned Microsoft at this point. <laughs> There's less and less games I'm interested in uh, coming out on Microsoft consoles. Uh, ha maintaining my Microsoft uh, account, my maintaining my Microsoft uh, account is actually becoming tedious. Like every single time I log on to my 360, it wants me to check with my email and. I really yeah. just don't want to do that. Yeah, I traded in my 360 this year. Yeah. I, I, I am completely Microsoft console which is really funny, considering I really actually kind of like Windows 8.1. I'm one of the few people who was totally fine with, with the Windows 8, with their new operating system. I actually, now that, now that I have a uh, Pebble phone, I, I can't. 
move to a Windows phone because it doesn't sync with that. But I love the look of those. I really, really want a Surface Pro 2. Like, I like all of Microsoft products. Except the gaming consoles. Except the gaming consoles right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, go and that's hold what I'm talking it. about. I'm talking about yeah. just the gaming yeah. consoles. Like, their PCs, I, I don't really have an opinion about Windows 8 yet. But, but you know, I came into 2013 in love with the 360, and I've left displeased with all of Microsoft's gaming consoles. I also came in kind of skeptical of this 3DS thing. You, you Like, you had given me one. Well, if you didn't give me one, you... I sold it to you for a very reasonable price. Yes, you... You helped me get. You helped me get a, a, a 3DS, but I, I still didn't really carry it around that much. Uh, I'm now leaving 2003, carrying it around all the time, doing things to get extra street passes, etc., and looking for more games to play on it. It's okay. Well, I did it to you. That, that was me playing the long game. Yeah. Because I knew it would, and I just had to wait for the Animal Crossing too. Yeah, that's that's more or less what we year. had to wait for was Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that's my opinion of console gaming is 360 came in strong but left very weak and meanwhile the 3DS came in yeah and kind of conquered. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo needs to dump the region lock or someone needs to figure a way around it because it's awful. Yeah, I want to play more well, okay, I have a Japanese 3DS, but I think they really worried more about uh Re-importation. Yeah, they're more worried about reverse importing. Like rather than like, I don't think they really care if somebody in America yeah. plays a Japanese game. I think like, they're more worried about people in Japan buying American yeah. games cheaper. Right. Yeah. I really liked me some Super Robot Wars UX, and that was fun. Um, but yeah, that region lock thing needs to go. Uh, I really think it's a case of Nintendo decided to double down on rating systems, and they instead of creating a universal thing that can deal with all the rating systems, they tailor each system with the rating system of their particular regions. Yeah. And since they can't, they, since they, they tailor it, they can't do it. A lot of it, I think, really has to do with their, with their focusing more on digital downloading. Yeah. Which is sad because they should be able to be smart enough to be able to... Do both. To do both, but they, they haven't. Well, and any other opinions about how the course of gaming went, rather than individual games? It, I came out pretty happy with 2013. I mean, the 3DS has been redonkulous good. Uh, there have been several games I really enjoyed playing. And I got a PS4, I'm enjoying it, and I'm really looking forward to this year. I mean, just to start this year, we already have a demo for Bravely Default. You know, an awesome JRPG. I'm, I'm hoping it's awesome. Mm, hard uh, to tell from the demo. It's kind of like, well, I played a lot of Square demos that don't really sell me on the game one way or the other. Or sometimes I even hate, but I love the game. Hmm. Um, the Bravely Default demo, and I have played, just kind of throws you in it and doesn't give you a whole lot of explanation. And you've already got like several classes to choose from and a bag of equipment. You're not sure what goes best where. And I realized later, have no magic, and then I bought the wrong magic. And, <laughs> yeah. But I'm still very positive towards it. Cause it very visually pleasant to look at. Um, and I like, once I worked it out, I like the combat system. 
And it has kind of a job system like your Final Fantasy V or Final Fantasy Tactics. Well, I mean, it's sort of the spiritual sequel to Final Fantasy for Heroes of Light. Yeah. Which is sort of a re- re- retooling of the whole Final Fantasy idea. And so Bravely Default really is sort of, what if you made a Final Fantasy without calling it Final Fantasy? Yeah. Even, at least even in the at least in the demo, the spells are even the Final Fantasy spell names you're used to. So, well, th- th- that's good. I want Square to make more games. Yeah. And yeah. more games that aren't Final Fantasy. Like, I guess I shouldn't say that like it sounds like a bad thing, because this is definitely a bit more old-school Square feel. And we just heard that we're probably getting Izuma 11 for the 3DS in the U.S. That is crazy. That is weird. That is crazy. I never thought we'd actually get the soccer RPG. Yes, okay, level 5. It's a level 5 game. Bring me the Dan Ball Senki games. <laughs> okay, so... Just summarizing. Kittens. Remind everybody, what did you, what did you give your awesome award to? Oh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies. For which system? 3DS. And Kevin? Um, I don't even know anymore. Because uh, I remembered things. But ostensibly, I came in to give it to Last of Us. Okay. <laughs> which system? PS3. Okay. And I give my awesome award for the video game category to Tales of Vesperia. Xbox 360. But you really wish you could have given it to PS3. I really wish I could have given it to the PS3 version. You can import it. I have. (laughs) Yes, you have. What do you think was Dives Christmas present several years ago? Like, well, I was more speaking to the audience. You can import the PS3 version. That's region free. (laughs) So what's the next category? The next category, we're taking another musical break. We're going to come back with TV shows of the not-anime variety. Thirteen Awesome Awards. This time we're talking about TV shows because we actually watch some of those. Yeah, at least some of us do. What's a television? It's that thing you sometimes watch anime on, but sometimes it shows other things. Oh, that thing I play video games on. Yes, okay. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. We just talked about video games. Well, well, video <laughs> games are just one aspect that you can do with a TV, Kevin. I don't even have a TV. Can I don't even have a cable or antenna in my room. <laughs> Well, neither do I. That's why I use Amazon Instant and Netflix. Yeah, true. I do watch a shitload of... Uh, I don't know what I watched that actually came out this year, though. <laughs> well, there's anything you really enjoy that you started watching this year. Well, can't, like, for example, I started watching Fringe. I watched Transformers Prime this year. That was I enjoyed that immensely. I don't think it was... Well, that might have been partially out this year. Or last year, rather. Um, well, there you go. Transformers Prime. That, 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 that can be a thing. Yeah, that was a pretty good show. I definitely think, as far as stuff that start premiere, like most of the stuff I've watched this year are, are things that have been out for a while now. Yeah. That, you know, just are reoccurring. For example, stuff like How I Met Your Mother, Once mm. Upon a Time. Yes. How I Met Your Mother seems um, as though it's coming to a nice end. I think I've mentioned How I've Met Your Mother before in a previous uh, oh. moment of awesome. Do you think it's something, Kevin? Well, didn't House of Cards come out last year? Yes. Oh! 
Oh, that is something I did in fact watch last in the year it came out. That was yeah. House of Cards has been really that was, was really good. So not the genre of show I usually watch, but I really loved it. Yeah, that that was good, and it's also one of these new things where like you know, Netflix and now Amazon are really getting into making their own shows that are unique to their networks, as it were. Yeah, uh, Beta is Betas is one for Amazon Prime. And I just showed the first episode to Basil and Kevin tonight, and... Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. It's that a was... show that I really like. I'm just happy to see the reoccurring vampire villain from my babysitter's a vampire has a job now. <laughs> and I don't know what that is. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to explain it. Uh, it's not one of the greatest shows of 2013. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I will say that the best new show I'm really enjoying that just recently started, though it's almost human. Uh, I've been really surprised. Enjoy. I'm really enjoying that. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's executive produced by J.J. Abrams, but it's being direct created by a guy named uh, J.H. Wyman, and it's set in the future. You know, just you know, the future just enough so you can have cyborgs and stuff, and so it is cyberpunky, where it's Carl Urban and I think Michael Early. They're they're buddy cops where. Carl Urban's like your typical cop dude. The other guy is an android. Mm-hmm. But he's an android that has synthetic soul, which means he has emotions. Oh, yes. I have seen that. Uh, I have seen that. That uh, was good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, they're, they're fighting They're they're fighting crime in the future time. And it's... <laughs> but, like, there's, like, cybernetics and and, and lasers and, and, and all sorts of... It's, it's future-y. But it's like the production budget's a good one, so it actually looks nice. You know, I think I'm falling in love with J.J. Abrams. I've just, I loved Fringe. I loved Lost. I, I've loved all kinds of things that I know he's had a hand in. I, I think I, I like him doing TV. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, that I like him doing TV better than his movie stuff. But I still like him, like, in general. You know, he seems to be really passionate about the work that he does, and so that kind of bleeds through, and so it comes out being above... Even the movie stuff is, like, better than average, well into very good territory, in my opinion, and so the TV stuff is just amazing. Everything that I've seen that he has had a hat in, I've... More often than not, I've enjoyed. Yes. And even the stuff that I haven't enjoyed, I just haven't enjoyed as much as other things that he's done. Yeah. But I can't really get into that until we go into movies, so... But, but I'm really enjoying Almost Human. Uh, and, of course, we can't really talk about TV shows without bringing up Doctor Who. Who? You know, the Doctor. Who Doctor Who? The Doctor! <laughs> Who what? Doctor Detroit? No, the Doctor! <laughs> you do? Who's on first? <laughs> Who do? Who do? One thing that I kind of don't like about this year of Doctor Who is that we went so long without... Really mentioning the Doctor's name, you know, we went so long where only occasionally would somebody go, actually say the phrase Doctor Who, before we moved along quickly to something else. But this past season, Moffat has written, well, I don't know if Moffat himself wrote it in, but Moffat has permitted somebody to write in dialogue that goes, Doctor Who! Doctor Who! Like, a lot. And it's kind of a little... It was not clever. 
<laughs> Although I, I did like the 50th anniversary All Doctors versus Die Shocker movie. Yes. Which is a reference that will go so over anyone's head who listens to this podcast, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> probably uh, have to probably the people at the table, but as well. But <laughs> no, I think the 50th anniversary is the best thing he's probably written in a long time. You know, I, I think that was that was good. Uh, I think it got rid of a lot of his Moffat's bad tendencies to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. You know, he only had a, he had a couple of key, you know, villains, as it were. He actually brought in an old villain, made really good use of them, and he actually made it seem like he was actually going to introduce other villains and then didn't. Like, he actually sort of trolled himself there. Which I, I thought was very nice of him that he, that he did that. Uh, John Hurt pulled off a really good job as the Doctor. Yes. Um, he did a really great stand-in for other old Doctor, for old fans, quote-unquote. Making, you know, yelling and complaining at those newfangled younger Doctors. <laughs> and I am looking forward to Pete, uh, is it Peter Capaldi? Yeah, Peter Capelli, I think. Capelli, Capaldi, whatever. That guy. I don't know. He's got eyes. He's got eyes. And eyebrows. And eyebrows. a face. And kidneys. And kidneys. Doesn't like their color. Yes. But you'll get used to them, we hope. But yeah, the the fiftieth was good, although I felt the Christmas special was not so good. I kind of like the Christmas special, but I kind of like a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, a lot of things I like about the Christmas special. There are uh, Moffat is being Moffat, so yeah. I feel that the previous two regeneration episodes were better, and the fiftieth was better. I liked, um, I thought the part, there, there was one particular thought part of, uh, the regenerate, of the actual regeneration scene. There was one particular part where I thought that was kind of gratuitous and unnecessary. We don't need it. But I liked Matt Smith's little, like, dialogue as his final, his final little speech as the doctor. I thought that was really nice and sweet and touching. Which one? <laughs> he, he kind of, he kind of. Does one? The one then, about how we're all di- how we're actually all different people at all different stages in our life. Okay, because that was like a middle one. Okay, <laughs> the middle one. <laughs> I also really liked. I'll always remember the time that the doctor was me. That I thought was very touching and heartfelt. Not quite as good as uh, not quite as good as Tenet's I don't want to go, but. So I never really liked, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I did really like Eccleston's whole thing, like, and you were fantastic, and so was I. Eccleston's <laughs> was great. Um, actually, I do think I just like Tennant as a doctor a little bit better, but I do think that Matt Smith's like farewell was was better. Right. Uh, I think Matt Smith was a good doctor. I think under somebody else, he would have been an even better doctor. Yeah. But my actual favorite show this this year. Um, has been the latest season of Grimm. Like, Grimm has been on point um, every time it's been around. You know, the sadly, the second season had this real bad problem where they had a mid-season break, and it was a long break. And so I could see if someone didn't hop back into it where they would have issues. But, man, as far as keeping the tone consistent, the quality consistent... And just being, you know, enjoyable all the way around, Grim has it going on. 
I, I think it's one of the few times where, where it really has, you know, just kept doing good. It has kept a high level of quality to its show. It's where, the, you know, it, it sort of, it came out three years ago, I guess at this point. It came out the same, it's on its third season, uh, much like Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I they think actually, it was three they, years ago. They came out very close to each other. They, they came out during the same season. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because they both deal with fairy tales, just in different ways, whereas Once Upon a Time very much deals with the Disney-style fairy, Disney fairy tales, only reinterpreted for a modern era, and sometimes in the real world, quote-unquote. Whereas Grimm is, of course, much more Grimm's fairy tales, where it's a much darker, and it's actually a cop procedural, only it's in Portland, and there's crazy stuff all the time. Because, you know, Portland, right? Sounds like Portland. And, you know, our main character is this Grimm, who is sort of the supernatural, you know, police. Except that they police by killing, you know, the various, you know, weird creatures that, you know, are the source of all these tales. But they, I, I really feel that Grimm has kept a very consistent quality to the show that most shows haven't done, especially for these seasons in. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... Sorry to go back to an old topic, but uh, I just looked up the name of the the name of the my favorite episode of this past season of Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, it was uh, my favorite uh, episode was actually the Rings of uh, the Rings of Akhaten. Okay, that was actually my favorite of all the episodes. I I, I just I really I really liked uh, when Matt Smith was again talking to. The ancient god telling about how his time's over. I thought that was just very kind of poignant for the doctor to be raging at this old god about that. And there was also in that particular episode a ton, a ton of old hallmarks to the old show. Yeah, sadly, this is a case where where I'm the only one who's watched all of Grimm recently. Yeah, I have not watched any of the Doctor Who that has come out because. It's not been on Netflix. Yeah. And I wasn't going to spend the money on it. Because I enjoyed Doctor Who, but not enough to spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. It will come. It will come to Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Well, and it also has got the crazy Blu-ray box sets of everything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get to borrow the, the, the season seven to watch it. But I've been actually trying to catch up on Grimm. Because I have a problem with American TV... Uh, and I'm very, very sad that British TV has apparently picked up this trend as well. And that is this this habit of splitting the seasons. I know I've complained about it before, but it's really... Yeah. I really don't like it. It's really bothersome. Because, you know, you don't know when the show that you like has returned. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I understand that they need time to film the episodes, but... Could they at least call it a sep? Do they have to lump it all together as the same season? Can they at least call it two different seasons? You know, maybe have smaller seasons, like seasons of six episodes, if that's what you can put out. You know, because because doing what they're doing messes with my TiVo too bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's like I think it's like what's about time is like taking like extra long to come out this time. Yeah, that's the one that's going to take forever to come out. Whereas I think the other one, other shows are going to come out at a more, you know, reasonable 
fashion. The first show that I actually noticed it on was How I Met Your Mother, because it'll come out with, like, two episodes, and then it'll be gone for yeah. two weeks, and then it'll come out with a new episode, and then be gone for another, like, three weeks, and then it'll come out with three episodes. Although a show that is bad for, like, two months be gone. Well, it's not that quite that bad, but a show that does take breaks frequently has been The Daily Show. Yes. And I will say that I really enjoyed John Oliver's run as I was, the host. I was actually a little sad when he I heard he got an HBO show because... I don't know how much longer Jon Stewart is going to want to keep doing The Daily Show. And John Oliver did do a very good job of running mm-hmm. it. But I guess when HBO goes, hey, let's make a show. Yeah. Here's money. You I, know, it's hard to turn that down. I can't blame him for taking up the offer. I mean. And at least I also don't want to get my, you know, kooky political commentary, at least from The Bugle. Yes. Uh, podcast. Although, one show... That, in fact, did the opposite of breaking things up and actually put a bunch of stuff out at once, out of nowhere, book two of Legend of Korra. Which did come out this year. Oh, yeah. Because the final couple episodes, they decided, you know what? You know what? For the last four episodes, if we get a lot of Tumblr hits, we'll put them all on on, on, that night. We'll we'll, We'll air the two episodes. And then we'll put the other two episodes on biz.com for, like, the night. Cora, we talked... Before the premiere of that came out, we, mm. we did an awesome cast on it. Yep. It came out, and I was almost worried that we were going to have to come back and say, this turned out to not be so awesome. But, it re- once they actually started dealing with the spirits... It pulled through. It did. It became amazing. Like, those two episodes, kind of in the middle, where mm-hmm. they first go into the spirit world, I love those two episodes. I'll re- <laughs> No, no, that's not where they go into the spirit world. It's when they're telling the story of the first Avatar. Yeah. Right. I, I have rewatched those, and I love them. Yeah, we'll definitely have to come back for, like, a full-featured yeah. awesome cast on, on Korra's season book two. Yeah, there yeah. was that kind of uneasy part that I think was about halfway through it. I'm like, I don't know where they're going with this. Oh, Origins of the Avatar. Okay, we're great. <laughs> I, I think we should probably time that whenever yeah. the, the DVD Blu-ray release hits. Yeah. yeah. So, Kevin, I know you're the one that will probably buying that. Probably. Please keep me informed so we can start planning for that. Yeah, I don't... Well, as far as I know, they haven't announced anything, but yeah, okay. Took them a long time to get the first book out. Maybe, it'll, hopefully it'll be a shorter turnaround now that they know they've got another couple seasons. They do, they have two more seasons, two more books to, yeah. they'll be pulling out. So I am looking forward to that. But any any more TV show talk before we, we, we break this one down, before we get into digging the movies? Blurful Narbles. Mm, no, not really. I've also been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and uh, and American Family. They're pretty funny shows. That's... Uh, I think It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is probably the best execution of the... So here's a group of terrible people. Let's watch them be terrible. Uh. Because most of them are not actually terrible. Um, Modern Family seems like it has that same premise. Only mm. super everybody's not terrible. Everybody's actually pretty good. Just people are people. Um, yeah. Well, as I said at the beginning, um, Transformers Prime, totally the Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated of the Transformers franchise. Which is probably about the strongest praise I can give it. That's true. was that this year? Was that Scooby Doo in this year? No, I don't think it did. Uh, last year? I think it was twelve. Yeah, 
Okay. Which is sad because I would totally use that. Scooby Doo was 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 really good though. So another TV event that I felt needed to be discussed, um, and that was the end of Futurama. I thought Futurama went out pretty well, and I super enjoyed the final season. And I'm super sad that it was the final season. You know, Futurama has been pretty fun. On the other hand, maybe for the best, they just didn't run into the ground like Simpsons is doing. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm constantly surprised to hear that the Simpsons are still the, on the air. Like, part of me always wonder. whenever I realize that, part of me always wonders, what could they possibly be doing? They've done everything. Well, I hear comic book guy's going to marry a manga artist. Ugh. <laughs> but. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but Futurama did, like, have the good grace to go out on a high note, and I super respect it for that. And I, I'll miss Futurama, but I understand it. Futurama gave me sweet zombie Jesus and kill all the humans. Yes. And I say those every day, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, in fact, what reminded me was him saying, kill all the humans. Yes. (laughs) All right, well, in that case, we're going to take another quick audio break, and we'll come back with movies. feel it's a pretty easy call to make. Oh, super easy. The awesomest movie to come out this year. Silver Linings Playbook. No. Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> Sorry. No, it I was didn't. Pacific Rim. Oh, Pacific Rim gets my... Yeah, yeah. Gets my uh, yeah. most awesome movie <laughs> award. Like, Actually, I should, have, I should have said Grown Ups too. That would have been more ironic. But whatever. But no, Pacific Rim yes. is awesome, and it's amazing. Pacific Rim was the most it amazing. It gets like, does it get the triple? Yeah, I, I think it does. Yeah. I, I, think I mean, there awesome. are other really excellent movies. Like, my my runner-up would be the would be this year's Thor movie. Well, the, 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 my, actually, that was my intro to the next thing I was going to talk about, which was, you know, it's really amazing, you know, that Del Toro and Giant Robots was such a force. Mm-hmm. Because normally, if that movie didn't exist... Thor would have had the shoe in, because you have to understand that I think with our three here, with the three people here, you mm-hmm. know, the three awesome casters, as it were, there is a very important ratio from space to to space to Vikings. Yes, and Vikings yes. to space. Yes, it's a now, delicate, delicate mix. Whereas I am seventy percent space. 30% Vikings. Doug is 70% Vikings, 30% space. And I'm going to get a little 50-50 here. Yeah, Kevin's what, yeah. about 50-50. What that means is that we register at 150 for both space and, and Vikings, Vikings, which means that that should have an awesome level of 300 out of 100. It's over 9,000! No, we're not doing that joke. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... It should win, because, oh man, Floor 2 was just wondrous. I just want to roll around in that movie, which doesn't make any sense, but I do. Like, I want to be on that bridge just, like, rolling on it. Like, ah, oh, that movie. You'd sparkle like a Twilight vampire afterwards. No, no, it would be much more awesome than that. It would be so, oh man, I, I can't even, like, I can't even, like, put it into words. Like, I'm about to sound like something very indecent if I continue on with this. <laughs> 
Who do you think paves Rainbow Road in Mario Kart, Kevin? <laughs> Who do you think paves Rainbow Road? I do. It's the Asgardians. <laughs> which includes Doug. But... <laughs> Oh, that was another TV show we didn't actually talk about, which kind of, I feel, is warranted. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was this year. It's, uh, yeah, it has, at least thus far, not really reached a level of awesome. It, it really hasn't, which is really sad. It's been a damn sight better than a lot of shows on TV, but it's not I quite hitting the put, awesome. I would put that in how I reviewed It's Always Sunny and, uh, It's Always Sunny and... Uh, and American Family, where they're good shows, but I wouldn't wouldn't quite put them into awesome. You hold out continued hope that it will hit awesome, but I don't think it has yet. It does get progressively better as the series goes on, but that's it. I feel bad saying that because that's almost a low bar. It's true, but Thor two. Oh man, high Thor bar. two was so awesome, but. Like, at the same time, while I sit there and, and, t- and say, you know, I'm going to sound like something indecent is happening if I continue to talk about how amazing Thor is, if I talk about how amazing... Oh. Well, we talked about how amazing Pacific Rim was. If I talk about how time. amazing Pacific Rim is, I, I devolve into something that is super incoherent. Like, oh, I want I don't want to roll around in that, but I want to, like... That's more of a, I want to feast on that. Like, Yeah. But yeah, Thor 2, I mean, Thor 1 set everything up that we needed to for a really... Thor 1 was a lot was fun, and it was good, but it wasn't good. Like, it was like, oh man. Like, I, I, this is, for me, I think, uh, out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, quote-unquote, I think Thor 2 is my favorite one of the bunch. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite one. And the, the, you, you can't go wrong with Space Vikings. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Vikings in the space. Well. Like, you just... Well, except for that one time Metalocalypse tried to do it. No, that was still awesome. Well, it was awesome, but technically within the story they failed. I no. do not believe you, Kevin. Well, they made the movie. And Swisscar was Space Odin. And it's, it was like the worst movie ever made. I mean, that was part of the story. It was well, amazing, but it was the worst movie ever made. Well, I, I still said amazing, and they still won at something. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I guess you can't lose for losing as a Space Vikings. Oh, I love Space Vikings. But, oh, but Pacific Rim. Oh, so, like... They both have, and they both have Idris oh, Elba. Yeah, being awesome. Being awesome. Have you seen any of the trailers for Mandela, where he, like, has no beard and hair? <laughs> or he has no beard and has hair, and it, he looks weird. But uh, that's, uh, I actually kind of want to see that movie just by virtue that he's in it. And that Nelson Mandela was an awesome guy. Yeah. But Frozen also came out, a new Disney singing movie. Yeah, if I had to go by Anna's Tumblr, I would say Frozen must have won her movie of the year. Yeah, like Frozen was also super good. And it seems like people who I think, I, knew, I know of several people who were dead set to hate it who came out loving it. It is a case of if you like the '90s style Disney movies. Yeah, like if you liked The Little Mermaid, if you liked Beauty and the Beast, you're probably going to like this one. This one is kind of in that. I like one of those movies category. And like for example, someone who did not like the categories was Gerald Rathgold of AWO, and so he really, really doesn't like Frozen because that's just not the kind of movie he enjoys. But. 
I'm okay with that because apparently that's one of the reasons that he really got into anime, and I really like hearing his opinions on anime. So you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. And you know what, Daryl Surratt? I don't hate you because Gerald said that. I'm just saying I don't. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that aren't going to do that, even though you didn't mention us either one of you on your questions for Anime 82, where, where you give questions to other podcasters, and none of us got questions. You mentioned the frickin' Reverse Thieves, and I like Alan and Kate. They're, they're just fine. But where's the Basil question? Where's the Duck question? Where's the Kevin questions? Where's the Awesome Cast questions? Aww. And to answer your other question, we have people who listen to our podcast who are not podcasters. Bam. Mic drop. That was actually my phone. Don't That's, care. That only works if you end the podcast right there. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what, what was that an answer to? Oh, they, they asked the question. Okay. Recently, AWO, their last episodes for this last past year, there is another podcast called Anime 82. Mm-hmm. It's a guy named, run by Regan Strongblood, I believe. He's a guy from Canada, and he asked questions to a bunch of podcasters. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, Regan, we'll answer questions. You want to send us some questions? We'll answer them. Like, we have no problem letting you create, helping us create content that we can regurgitate. Um for use, like no, no problem whatsoever. Uh, but one of the last questions was, "Do you have any other questions for other podcasters?" Oh, and they started just coming up with very specific questions for other podcasters, and they did. You know, I thought our time at Oticon, where I ate a Five Guys burger, meant something to you, Gerald. <laughs> I thought it meant something. Meant something it to didn't me. mean that much. I still have yet to eat Five Guys since then. So it better God mean something to you, Gerald. It's a deep psychological trauma, Gerald. It hurts me. And Basil. yet, and yet, I still don't hate Dar- Daryl. I still don't hate yeah. him. I'm just saying. He's hurt deep inside, though. So, anyways, movies. Yay, movies. Fro- Frozen. I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy Frozen. Um, I, I did like the conclusion. Mm-hmm. I liked what saved the day. I, I felt that was the correct way to save the day. Yes, that was like it was very it was very pleasant to see that save the day. And so that and was, not the other thing that you thought was going to save the day, right? So that was that was good. And I know there was other movies that we saw. This there year. were there were other movies. Uh, well, there was a second Hobbit movie. Oh that yeah, was, that was that was rather that good. That was pretty Stuck good. In at the yeah, there. I don't know why I almost forgot about it, but yes. I guess because my brain is filing it away as part of Lord of the Rings, which happened long ago. Yeah. Uh, those remind me that this year was the year I did see Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Yeah. Like, I did see that. Th- it came out last year, but I saw it this year. Ah, oh, that was that was a that was a surprise good movie that I was not expecting to walk into. I did not think that was such a good movie. I thought it was. I, I feel that you should watch it again when you're actually awake. Possibly. I thought it was a solid R-rated action movie with like witches and killing witches and monsters, and it was it was fun. I, I was sad that we got the weird steampunk, almost but not quite medieval guns porn at the very end, <laughs> where you, you see them use them, but the ending credits they have them like do like super like in-depth renders of the guns firing and locking and loading. As the credits roll by, it's like, and I'm like, yes, give me stupid, did, crazy weapons. Did Iron Man three come out this year? Or yes, last year? yes, it did. I, I'm not like I liked Iron Man three. Okay, I don't think it was the best Iron Man movie, but the ending credit sequence was amazing on that one. It was. Again, I really like the Iron Man three 
movie. Um, I would definitely say that it was an awesome movie. It was a good movie. Uh, it was not Thor 2 good. Well, between Thor and Avengers, between uh, Thor 2 and the Avengers movie, like I love those two movies so much that all of the Iron Man movies just kind of rank in really good. And so I can't really rank them beyond. I think they're all but really good. I did like Iron really Man 3. Funny. I like that it showed Tony having a little hard time dealing with... Um, what happened in the what Avengers. What happened at the end of Avengers. Um, for some reason, I like characters who are suffering some sort of PTSD. I have no understanding why. I, I will but, say that Iron Man 3 is the most interesting of the three Iron Man movies. Yes. Yeah. I think both thematically and actually how it was, I really did feel like this was the first time it was written more as a comedy than anything else. Like there was action scenes and action did happen. And it was also, a lot of the movie was Tony Stark being awesome without the aid of the Iron Man suit. Yes. And he, he was having to think on his feet and improvise stuff. And he, that was fun. And you still get awesome suit action at where, when you need it most, but it's, it had a lot of, you know, and Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, so that's, you know, that's, that is, yeah. a, like, literally, he, he was so perfect that Marvel Comics started writing Tony Stark more like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> like, Iron Man was not like that until Robert Downey Jr. played him, and then suddenly he was. <laughs> and then I also forgot that, you know, the new Star, the, the Star Trek movie came out. Yeah, in yeah, 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 in, yeah, in the darkness. Which... Wrath I of, did Wrath not of, Star Trek Wrath of Sherlock. I just didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. Mm, you know, I didn't. Ha- well, you probably didn't hate it either, but I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I did like the first one a lot better. Um, I think, and some of it's external because I don't think they should have. If they were going to go with Khan, I don't think they should have tried to make it a surprise. We all kind of figured it out, and they kept going. Oh no, it might not. It might not be Khan. Gary Seven, or um, that guy with one of those guys who's got like powers in the first episode. Um, no, it's Khan. Sorry. Well, the problem <laughs> I, th- I think the biggest problem is is that it was not them boldly going where no one's gone before, and it's all a build up so they can do a boldly go where no one's gone before in the next movie. But we should have boldly gone in this one. Yeah, and we didn't, and it really does feel like. Abrams is a really great fit for Star Wars. <laughs> and it's really showed us that we what I don't know, maybe maybe it's just me, but I, I really do feel that Star Trek it really is at its best as a TV show. Yeah. Now I did think was really good in Into Darkness, uh Simon Pegg as Scotty got a lot more screen time. Yes. And yes. Carl Urban as Dr. McCoy got a lot more screen time than in the first movie. And they were both are really good. In those parts, they are yes. both excellent in those parts. Well, I thought I thought that all the casts for the new like, Star actually Wars, the whole cast is excellent. Yeah, we're excellent casts. Like, in fact, that may be what carries the movie for me in many ways. Oh, I remember another movie that I absolutely adored for probably all the wrong. Well, no, it was for all the right reasons according to this movie, but probably all the wrong reasons as far as mothers around the world are concerned. But that was that was a uh, world's end. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Another Simon that film. was Sorry, yeah. that was quite a movie. I really loved it. I actually loved it so much that's a movie that I actually want to own on DVD uh, and play it periodically. You know, for boozing. Well, yeah, <laughs> I have the well, I have the Blu-ray, but uh, 
That was, that was a fun movie. Uh, that was that was a that was a good ride. I I did enjoy that. I movie. do like seeing Simon Pegg get together with as many of his British actor friends as he possibly can and get Edgar Wright to make movies with them in it. Yes. Um, so that that is a. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it, it, it was a good movie. It, it's a very good fit in with their other movies that they've done. Uh, yeah, it man, that was a pretty good one. It um, mm-hmm. it actually made me. Well, like a lot of those movies, while it's making me laugh, it also made me care a lot about the characters. Mm-hmm. And then they also, and give me a good character movie and a good comedy, it's also a really good sci-fi movie. Yeah. And they kind of, it's sort of like whatever genre they, they pick to do, they do that. Like, they do really good character development, really good whatever that genre is that they pick to do, you know, whether it be zombie horror flicks, uh, buddy cop movies, or in this case, uh... Whovian sci-fi movie. Yeah. So they, they spoof it, and they lampshade the things about it, but they all, it really is the movie in that genre. Like, yeah. at its heart, it really is one of those movies. Like, like Shaun, in, Shaun of the Dead is really a zombie movie. Yeah, Hot Fuzz is, Hot Fuzz really, is really a, a buddy, buddy cop, cop movie. movie. Yeah. You know, World's what, End is really a science fiction body snatchers kind of flick. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes a few other places, but it's what it really is. But it's not afraid to be funny about it or no. to point out some of the sillier parts of the concept. Really? And I just forgot the actual other runner up for me for awesomest movie this year. The World End is that great? No, I no, Fast Six. Oh, what? Fast and the Furious oh, yeah, Six. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because you're the only one who likes Fast and. Well, that's not true. But I'm not a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Even Anna Wynn coming out liking that movie. I swear, you need to go watch Fast Five and yeah, Six. Admittedly, the the fifth and sixth movies, I have heard a lot more praise from people who aren't inclined to watch the series. It's because they realized what they could do instead of making car movies, they could make Avengers movies only <laughs> with, with cars. Cars. <laughs> like, like seriously, one one night we're gonna have a we're gonna have a mini movie marathon, uh, or at least partial. Either we're gonna watch Fast Five, <laughs> and then if we have time, we'll watch Fast Six. Because those two movies are like, a, it's almost like a different set. I mean, it's the same characters, and they still have the same thing where Labendia says, like, we're in a race because we're a family. And they do it. Um, yeah. But it's got that same super quippy um, one liner stuff that you get out of something like The Avengers did. And you get the crazy stunts and the crazy action. And frankly, I, I, I think that the Van Diesel character could go toe-to-toe with some of the Avengers. Um, legit. Like, well, uh, Hawkeye's it, this guy with a bow. He could probably take Hawkeye. <laughs> um, he is the Iron Giant, after all. That's true. And he's going to be Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, so that's, you know. But it's they're, it's actually really good action movies. Like The first one, actually, a five, is actually a really good heist movie, too. Hmm. I actually kind of enjoyed... Fast and Furious 1, because I played this special game when watching it, which is the figure out where the gay sex scene goes. Oh, you can still do that. <laughs> like, it's actually a pretty fun little game. I'm not sure about the first movie, but I think at some point they became self-aware of that. I, like, I hear that's a running theme. Uh, you know, me and my husband played that game, and at first he was going, no, that's... We're going to have such a time, you're just viewing this with yowie goggles. It's not really like that. And then, like, he was spotting more of them than I was. 
that's what comes from hanging out with Douglas. Uh, <laughs> you start spotting the possible gay romance before Doug does. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but no, I stand by my fast six. It is a real shame that I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. but Paul Walker? Paul Walker dying. Yeah, that was that was sad. In an auto accident, that was... Irony. Well, was, he wasn't sad. even driving. Yeah, he was just, he was riding. It, it's sad. Yeah. Like, you know, and who knows what they're going to do with the franchise now. Because he was a pretty integral part of it. You know, him and Van Diesel carried that movie. And they have a lot of other great actors and actresses in it. And it has some of the best chicks fighting around in movies. Mm, I guess I can't 100% confirm. I heard they were carrying around the movie, but they're not going to try to recast the Paul Walker character. So I would think one way to one way to handle that would be at the beginning of the next movie have the characters be actively sad that the that uh his character passed away in a car accident. It's not something that you ever see on screen. I don't think that would be a I don't think that would be inappropriate. I think that would be appropriate, but I don't know. I'm not making the movie. I will say that I believe one of the ladies who was in Fast 6, her physicality in that role and doing stunt stuff was, I think, one of the reasons that she actually got cast as Wonder Woman. Oh. So. Oh, that's what she was from. Okay. So I'm, I'm just saying, it's it's good. I'm, I'm going to show it to y'all at some point. I, I really can't show it to you guys, but if they enjoy it, maybe we'll do a podcast about it or something. I don't know. It's what we do here. Fast and the Furious. Speaking of podcasts, this we are. We're the Awesome Cast, the podcast for everything awesome. I mean, uh, we haven't been just sitting around bullshitting. So you're recording this? Have you been doing this other weeks? You know what's sad <laughs> is I think some of the best podcast shows that we've ever done, we haven't recorded because we weren't actually doing a podcast. We were just sitting around <laughs> like talking and spewing out like facts and figures that were just nerds, so we just knew. Well, yes, but I feel that we've also done plenty of good ones on the microphone as well. Ah, that's true. I'm just. And, and it's always the ones that you're not recording that are the super awesome ones. And honestly, because we've been doing this podcast for so long now, mm-hmm. I think we've gotten a lot better at having those conversations. Yeah. Sometimes when we talk, it just sounds like we're doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when we talk, it sounds like we're doing a panel, and that's a little weird, but awesome. <laughs> and that's more of a recent invention, because panels for us are actually much newer than the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. But anyways... That's what we are, the Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next time with the second half of the Awesome Awards, where I talk about manga and anime, all those crazy Japanese things that we love so dear. Go! Go, Speed Racer, go! <laughs>